The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for the first half hour is Sean Lee. He's the president of Beacon Wealth Advisors uh, based in North Carolina. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you, Jordan. Really appreciate uh, you having me. So let's just start with a little bit of your background uh, as a financial advisor and what you did to create uh, Beacon Wealth Advisors. Sure. Uh, Well, basically, I've been in the uh, financial services uh, industry for about 18 years now. Uh, Started uh, off with a uh, national wholesale house, so our our job, or my job, was actually to uh, uh, train, support, uh, and, uh, you know, really help uh, independent financial advisors who uh, decided to leave the, uh, the, the career shops, uh, that we all know, the, the, the big, uh, you know, the big, uh, financial advisory firms and tried to, you know, kind of strike out on their own. So my job was to help them basically create retirement plans, help advise them on, you know, certain types of investments, the best things for their, their clients and, and their situations and, and really to be kind of a, uh, uh, you know, kind of a behind the scenes, uh, coach, you know, for those independent financial advisors. Well, about nine years ago, I decided to, uh, you know, kind of leave that uh, that area of the business and start my own uh, financial planning firm. And, you know, basically I work primarily with uh, retirees and pre-retirees and, and try to help them devi- uh, develop lifelong uh, retirement income plans and, uh, you know, just advise them on, to, you know, how to invest and how to be wise with their money and make sure they uh, don't run out of money before they run out of life. What are some of the biggest issues these retirees and pre-retirees are bringing to you these days? Uh, some of the biggest issues that, that I see, you know, on a daily basis is, is just not having a defined plan. Um, you know, a lot of the folks that I work with have plenty of assets. They, um, you know, they, they, they've worked for, you know, a, a lot of my clients have worked for the same employers for, you know, 15, 20, 30 years. I know uh, in this day and age that's, uh, that's rare, but uh, a lot of the, the folks that I deal with that are close to retirement, uh, they, they just don't have that defined plan of, okay, how am I going to uh, produce income? I've, I've spent my whole life uh, saving in my 401K, my IRA. I've put my kids through college. Uh, I've done the right things. And, you know, now I, I, I've been so good at saving, I don't know how to turn you know, these assets that I built up into an income stream. So, you know, what are the best investments? What are the best tools uh, that I can use to, uh, uh, to, to again, make sure that uh, myself and my family uh, have that steady, consistent income uh, as long as I live? So it's hard in a very low interest rate environment where we get 0% on savings accounts and CDs and money market funds, treasury bills and so on. Uh, you, you don't get any income, basically, from those today. So what are some of the things that you recommend to people who want 
safe income, but don't want to just keep it in cash, earning nothing? Well, and that's a, that's a great question, and and that's really been a challenge, uh, you know, you know, really for the last five to eight years, um, you know, with in, with interest rates being so incredibly low, uh, you know, those types of uh, you know that would be traditional CD type investors who, you know, back in the day you could get you know five, six, seven percent on a CD very, very, very easily with you know basically no risk. Uh, but now, you know, you look at CD rates uh, hovering, you know, five-year CDs are hovering around, you know, 2%, maybe two and a quarter. Um, that's tough. So, uh, you know, a lot of my clients, we use conservative income type strategies. Uh, obviously, we're going to use uh, uh, CDs where it's necessary for more emergency fund type money. Uh, we do a lot uh, in the way of uh, corporate bonds, uh, a lot of uh, preferred stocks. Uh, also annuities, uh, you know, the, I think the industry has a, uh, you know, the, the there's a, the, the annuity is a bad word in the financial services industry, and I'm not sure of why, because it, it's, it's really designed as a personal pension plan. Uh, so kind of a mixture of those traditional fixed income vehicles, adding in annuities for, you know, lifetime income, you know, can really set up a, a, a retiree with a good base. Um, but just like any, you know, good plan, you know, you can't have too much of any one thing. You have to have, you know, good diversification. You have to have a lot of different, uh, strategies, you know, going into the, into the mix. And, uh, you know, you have to, you know, obviously constantly monitor it and make sure, uh, you know, they're on the right track. So the a big thing coming down the pike, potentially, I'm not sure if it's going to happen now, is called the fiduciary rule, uh, which right. would change the relationship between financial advisors and their clients. Uh, the, the rule says you have to put the client's interest in front of the financial advisors, but it's got all kinds of other implications. First of all, do you think that, in fact, is going to happen, and how would that change the way you re- relate to your clients and what kind of commissions can be charged and just the whole structure of your business? Right. And, and you know, my business, you know, realistically, we, we probably average, you know, 30 to 40 percent, you know, and again, I'm talking an average client goes into those those more commissionable type products and then... The other 60 to 70 percent is going into, you know, strategically managed portfolios, which, you know, under that side of the house, you know, we're already held to that fiduciary standard. Um, You know, it's really tough to say, you know, with uh, uh, the the DOL ruling, it's it's in flux. I've been to a lot of meetings and a lot of top uh, firms in the industry still are trying to get a a feel for, you know, how this thing is really going to play out. Uh, obviously, with the election of uh, uh, Donald Trump, you know, is that going to, you know, kind of put off the 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 inaction of the, uh, the fiduciary rule? Um, are they going to outright, you know, overturn it? Are they going to be able to? Is it going to be too much of a political chip to deal with it? So, you know, I wish I I wish I had an answer, but uh, you know, just like a lot of other financial advisors out there, you know, I'm still kind of playing the wait and see game. Okay, very good. Now you say that there's a big kind of retirement crisis coming for millennials and for people who are still in the pre-retirement age that they just haven't saved enough. What are some of the statistics to showing that people are not saving enough in the current circumstance? Well, it's it's, it's interesting. There was a uh, recent sur- survey of 7,000 people that was uh, performed by the uh, Go Banking Rates website. And what they found out of those 7,000 people surveyed uh, was that those that had an income of less than $25,000 73% had less than $1,000 in savings. 
um, which is which isn't surprising, you know, having that type of low income. Now, even those that had a, a decent income of uh, between a hundred thousand to a hundred and fifty, forty four percent had less than a thousand dollars in savings. Uh, which you know, obviously, you know, something needs to be done about that. But what's most surprising on a, on those uh, higher uh, net income, you know, type families, hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand plus, uh, about thirty percent had less than a thousand dollars in savings. So. You know, the bottom line is we're just not saving enough. We're, we're, we're in that mentality that, um, you know, we got to have these things now. You know, we want to keep up with the Joneses. It, it's just a, it, it's a fundamental shift that has to be made for us to be more prudent with our, uh, with our savings, especially for millennials. I mean, part of it is that people feel if they put money in savings, as we talked about before, they're getting nothing. They're earning zero on it. So there's not a lot of incentive to save if you have no return on it, I suppose. Right. Well, the other the other side of that is, you know, if it, they don't have the money to save, but they're also spending too much, and now they're paying, you know, six, eight, ten, twelve percent in interest uh, on uh, on uh, credit card debt and what have you. You know, that that's I would rather take no interest on one side versus having a a debt interest on the other. So there are some perhaps some other statistics from the Federal Reserve about the lack of savings. Why don't you go through those? Yeah, you know, recently uh, there's some recent data from the uh, uh, Bank of St. Louis uh, Federal Reserve, and what they found is U.S. adults currently have le- just under six percent of their disposable income going into savings. So, you know, that's a uh, you know from years past that is a, a striking difference. Um, almost half of the uh, uh, American adults couldn't even cover an emergency expense of $400 without selling something or borrowing that money. I mean, think about it. You know, you have something go wrong with your house. The uh, HVAC has some issues, and you don't even have enough to, to pay for a service visit. That's, that's getting pretty tough. Um, 31% of uh, uh, non-retired adults have no retirement savings or pensions at all. Again, this is according to the uh, uh, St. Louis uh, Bank uh, Federal Reserve. So, again, you know, we, we, there there's some things that, you know, really need to be shifted in our, our mentality uh, towards savings and uh, trying to grow our wealth. What is happening to people who are getting to retirement? Just as you say, they've got, you know, $1,000 or less. They've got almost no savings. And they're, now they're retired. They don't have their job income anymore. How are those people living? You know, uh, I have I have seen very few. I guess the the the, the area of Charlotte that I uh, Charlotte North Carolina that I live in is is more affluent, and you know the area that I work with. But you know, from time to time, I do see those folks that uh, they really just haven't done. You know, they they they've been living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, they've you know, and, and it's not not that you know they're bad people by any means. You know, they just struggled. You know, maybe they had some some periods of unemployment, uh, you know, trying to get their kids, you know, off on the right foot, putting them through college, uh, delaying, you know, taking care of themselves from a retirement perspective in order to take care of the family. And, you know, the, the, the clock ticks down, and all of a sudden you're 60, uh, 65 years old, and you don't have much in, in savings, and all you're counting on is your Social Security. Uh, that's, a, that's a tough deal. You know, we've seen a lot of those types of uh, uh, folks, you know, having to, you know, they retire from one job and then they, they immediately start another job. Maybe they have to pick up some part-time work here or there uh, in order to, uh, to, to make those ends meet because, 
you know, again, Social Security was never designed to be a, a standalone retirement. You know, for most people, it was designed to maybe cover 25 to 30 percent, you know, of your retirement needs. So, uh, again, that, that's, that's one of those deals where a lot of folks are going to find themselves that they're going to have to work longer than they expected uh, in order to, you know, try to maintain, maintain some semblance of the, the lifestyle they had uh, pre-retirement. Very good. We're going to go to a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest for this half hour is Sean Lee. He's the president at Beacon Wealth Advisors based in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Website to find out more about him is mybeaconwealth.com. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for this half hour is Sean Lee. He's the president of Beacon Wealth Advisors based in Charlotte, North Carolina. His website, mybeaconwealth.com. Welcome back to the show, Sean. Thank you very much, Jordan. So we talked about the tremendous lack of savings. So now let's kind of solve the problem a little bit. What are some of the things people can do? 
particularly in the pre-retirement where they've still got some time to do things, where they can start getting into a savings habit so that they don't run out of money in retirement. Yep, absolutely. And, and basically, I, I look at it, you know, from a, a six-step plan. Uh, the first and most important thing that uh, folks need to do is you know, develop a budget. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an old-school way of thinking. Uh, if you don't want to covet, cut, call it a budget, call it a spending plan. You know, try to be positive about it. And I know budget sounds very, you know, oh, gosh, I can't. It'll never budge for me. It's just it's depressing. Uh, well, when you develop a spending plan, um, you know, the, the, the idea behind that is writing down your goals. Uh, I don't know how many studies that have been done uh, that, that, that say, hey, if you, if you have a goal, write it down. Uh, there's something about physically writing it down and keeping yourself accountable to it that makes you that much more likely to achieve that goal. So that's really all a budget is. It's just a, a goal to, to how much you want to spend over time, uh, you know, on a monthly basis, on an annual basis. And, you know, the nice thing is, is even if you don't make it, even if you don't quite make it to that goal, you probably did a much better job and much closer to it than had you just kept it in your head and not written it down. So um, what I've found is, you know, when I meet with a new client, about 90% don't have a budget, you know, because they just, well, I've been working, I, I spend what I need to, there's some left over, everything's fine, we've done a good job of saving. But, you know, you really don't, you can't see the leakage that's coming out of your, your monthly budget unless you write it down and keep track for it. So you not only have to write down what you think you're going to be spending, but then as you're spending, you have to kind of keep track to see if you're ahead or behind in specific categories, right? Absolutely, absolutely. That's the biggest thing that someone can do to, you know, really put themselves on the, on the, on the right track. So that's the first thing is to do a budget spending plan. What's the second step to uh, have a savings plan? Number two, um, you know, I believe uh, uh, big time in, in paying yourself first. So when we're talking about saving, uh, that that type of that that percentage of, of your your monthly income needs to come right off the top. Now, if you have debt, uh, you know, if you have a substantial amount of debt, whether it be college debt or credit card debt or uh, you know, really any type of of of, of bad debt. You want to, you know, bump that up as much as hot possible. I know most experts say that, you know, putting 20% of your, uh, uh, of your uh, monthly income towards debt slash savings, you know, I would try to bump it up even more. I would, keep, I would almost treat debt like a cancer. Uh, you want to get rid of it as quickly as possible. And you want to, you know, really try to roll it up. So, you know, I'm a big believer. There, there are things about uh, Dave Ramsey, for example, that I don't agree with. But, the, but when he comes to spending and paying off debt, I believe he's right on the money. Um, recently, I had a uh, boat that I sold. I, I had it for about two years. And, you know, the monthly payments on that thing, and, you know, and I'm a financial professional, so I know you know, when not to do this stuff. But even 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 I got caught up into it. And, you know, at, at some point you got to say, you know what, there's certain things in my life I don't need. I don't need to have this because I don't use it every single day. I don't need to have that. I don't need to have this subscription. So a combination of paying off that debt and really discarding those things that, that aren't absolutely necessary can go a long way to help fixing your, your overall financial life. I mean, is it realistic for people to be able to save 20% or more of their income if what they're doing now is, at most, doing 6%? I mean, a lot of people just don't feel their income is up to what their expenses are. 
Well, and, and it, it's tough. And, and, and just like anything else, you probably don't want to try it cold turkey because uh, you're not going to get there. You know, I typically recommend for somebody, and, and, and when I do counseling for, you know, maybe some of my clients, uh, kids, you know, I, I tell them, you know, stagger it, stair-step it, okay? Maybe start off with 5%, and then every month add a percent to it. Uh, so, you know, you're not taking that big hit all at one shot, but, you know, you're kind of gradually working yourself into it. Uh, it's amazing what you can do and what I've seen people do when they really put their minds to it. And, you know, you see a big number like 20%, um, it's like, wow, I can never do that. But you know what? You really can. Um, it just comes down to, to making that goal for yourself and put yourself on a path to, uh, to achieve it. And then what's the third step to start saving? You know, this is the biggie, and I, I think a lot of folks, after they, uh, you know, they, they graduate from college, maybe they get a starter job or two, and then they get into a place where uh, they're, they're making more money. Uh, as soon as you start making those, those big paychecks, all of a sudden you want to spend more. You know, it's, it's, it's a phenomenon called marginal propensity to spend, and basically it's, it's very simple. Hey, the more you make, the more you want to spend. Um, the problem with that is that uh, a lot of times you get yourself onto a, a track where you end up spending more than you're actually you're actually making over time. It just is a, the spending kind of outpaces uh, the earnings. So one thing that you can do to help offset that is you know anytime you get a raise, uh, one of the biggest things that that I recommend is you know, immediately increase that savings rate. You know, maybe take half of that raise if you're going to get an extra you know, $2,000 per year. Well, go ahead and account for 1000 of that being added to the savings or the debt reduction, and then the other 1000 go ahead and treat yourself. You know, do some things that are, that are nice for you. Take a vacation, whatever it is. But just don't, you know, just wholesale say, okay, now I've got $2,000 more this year. I'm going to spend it all, you know, on my lifestyle. You've got to be yeah. more deliberate about it. And then the next thing as far so you save some of the increases you have, and what is the fourth step to increase savings? And this is a biggie. Um, you know, we find that way too many people out there are living well beyond their means. Uh, you know, you look at the, 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 the old concept of keeping up with the Joneses. Joneses. Well, it's, it's almost like keeping up with the Joneses is supercharged, you know, in this day and age. Uh, you know, with social media... Uh, everything that's going out on out there. Uh, according to the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, 40% of adults that have a social media account said seeing other people's purchases and vacations encouraged them to look into buying something similar. So, you know, it's not only that you see the, the neighbors that have the new car and, and new furniture and things like that, you're constantly bombarded by all of these, these images of, of people spending money, doing fun things, getting cool stuff. Uh, and, you know, the biggest thing you can do is, you know, just try to block it out. Unplug for a little bit. Uh, uh, unsubscribe from certain sites that, you know, kind of tempt you into, uh, you know, buying those offers. It's, it's a stop, hard thing to do in this day and age. Yeah. And then your fifth one is to avoid easy credit. I guess it's, credit's pretty easy these days with pretty high rates. How do you avoid that temptation? Uh, again, it comes back to a very simple principle. If you don't have it, don't spend it. 
I mean, um, you know, in, in, in college, when I was back in college you know, years and years ago, it was easy for me to get a credit card uh, and run up that debt. Today, it's even easier. Uh, and, you know, uh, college spending, uh, you know, on, on going out, having a good time, it's easy to rack up ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 in debt before you even have your first real job. So uh, the bottom line is uh, very, very simple. If you don't have it, don't spend it. Now, there are some exceptions to that rule. You know, if you're paying rent and you decide you want to buy a house and you're, you have the same, you know, monthly expenses that was going to go towards rent that you can have go towards a mortgage, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're going to, going to you know, try to start your own business or, you know, those types of good debt, uh, that's all right. But just don't get crazy with the bad debt. And your last one is to have more education about investing. You find a lot of people go through school and don't really learn too much about this and then fall into bad habits. Well, what are some ways people can educate themselves? That That's absolutely right. You know, there really isn't that formal education out there unless you're planning on getting into the business and there's certain types of uh, programs that, uh, you know, even me as a financial advisor, I had to go to after school uh, in order to get additional training. So, you know, in this day and age, there are so many advisors out there. There's so much good information uh, on the Internet, on YouTube, uh, even on our website. You know, we've got a lot of great tutorials, a lot of great uh, videos that really explain a lot of the different concepts uh, that, uh, that help you. So, you know, my, my advice would be get educated, you know, go to the bookstore, you know, read a book on finance, uh, read a book on investing. Um, you know, there, there's so many good, good teachers out there. Uh, you just have to, you know, really put your nose to it and decide, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to really understand what's going on so I can make a better future for myself and my family. So in summing up all this, what difference would it make for people to work with you to get the right savings and investing going compared to what happens without you when they come in not having any plans? Well, the, the biggest thing that, I, and again, I, I, I look at myself as a, as a financial coach. One, to, to help, uh, help identify what are some problem areas in your life, okay? So you've got this financial picture. This, we finally put a budget together. Great. Um, you know, where are those things that you're spending money that you don't need to help identify, the, again, the leakage from your monthly income? Uh, secondly, you know, getting you on a good investing track. Uh, you know, are you uh, more interested in investing in the market, you know, based on your risk tolerance? So should we go with something more conservative? Uh, really trying to keep uh, 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 clients on track to make sure that they can achieve their goals by not making uh, gut check emotional decisions. Uh, a lot of people get nervous, obviously, when the market goes south. Well, when that happens, that's a great buying opportunity for those ongoing IRA and 401k contributions. So uh, the biggest thing is just helping people stay on track for, for their long-term uh, budget and investing goals. Terrific. Well, thanks so much. My guest this half hour has been Sean Lee. He's the president at Beacon Wealth Advisors based in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. Uh, his website to find out more about him is mybeaconwealth.com. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Sean. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much. And after the, this break, we'll come back with our next guest for the next half hour. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. They say you can't change the weather, but we already have. 
And if we've changed it for the worse, let's change it for the better. Tune in to The Climate Opportunity, a two-hour special hosted by Beth Green and Dr. Grant Dean. Expert guests Professor Scott Denning, Chef Laura Steck, video journalist Peter Sinclair, and Kelsey Wirth of Women Out Front will share how we can improve our lives while improving our weather. Listen on Inside Out Radio, Tuesday, November 11th, starting at 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Presented by Inside Out Radio and Voice America. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's Hot Topics. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for this half hour is Jason Carrier. Uh, he is a managing partner at Scranton Financial Group uh, based in Westbrook, Connecticut. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hi, good afternoon, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Let's just start with your background a little bit in the financial business and what kind of clients you deal with. Sure. Well, we deal with mostly uh, retail clients, so these are retirees or pre-retirees. I think our client demographics of our client base is um, 50, 55, and older. Uh, our niche here in the financial world is that we specialize in fixed income type of investments. These are things that generate very consistent interest in dividends, and an example would be an individual municipal or corporate bond. Okay, so the problem today for people who've accumulated some money is they earn pretty much zero in cash, CDs, savings accounts, money market funds, treasuries today. So is it kind of a, a, a compromise to have to give up some level of, of capital uh, stability in order to earn these yields that people can live on? Yeah, these financial instruments sit right kind of in the middle of a bank CD, which is uh, or uh, an investment like a bank CD, which is very safe and conservative, but unfortunately not paying very much right now. And a stock on the other end of the book, or the other end of the spectrum, which is you're looking for capital appreciation. Uh, we are sitting in the middle, so we're not as conservative as a CD. We're not as risky as a stock. We're in the middle, and we're typically paying more interest because, again, there is, in some of those financial instruments, there is a level of risk there. So lately, since the election of Donald Trump, 
uh, interest rates have risen quite sharply over a short period of time, and bond prices have gone down sharply. Uh, has that changed your philosophy at all, or how should one handle a bond portfolio when interest rates are rising sharply? Yes, well, uh, first off, we don't we take a more tactical approach to our investment philosophy. And I would think that most bond portfolios are what we refer to as buy and hold. There are, there are specific strategies called barbell uh, or a laddering strategy where you're simply holding these types of financial instruments till maturity. We have a little bit of a different approach. We are actively looking to improve positions. So if someone gets into a bond today paying a 5% dividend, we're immediately looking for to improve that. And the easiest, the, the, the most uh, simplest improvement would be going from 5 to 5.5%, for example. But there are several other reasons why we would improve that. So with that in mind, again, we're being very tactical. So we had a little bit of uh, trepidation leading up to this election, no matter who got elected. And so we did have our clientele positioned more heavily in cash, during this, and certainly we didn't expect the economic and stock market-like results after the election. Um, but still, we had a lot of cash sitting on the sidelines, so we were able to capitalize on that. Uh, prices, as you had said, Jordan, dropped on these types of financial instruments because interest rates have risen. And so we were able to get some value, use this cash, and buy, buy at a, basically a, a better price, a, a de decreased price, excuse me, and so not only did we get value in the price, but we got an increase uh, in yield based on that decision. And what do you think is going to go forward? I mean, the, some would say the reason interest rates are rising is Trump is going to have a big stimulus program with an infrastructure. Uh, the deficit's going to go up because the uh, taxes are going to go down. What do you see as the reason interest rates are rising, and do you think they have much further to rise from here? Well, the reasons are a lot what you just, I'll kind of expand upon what you just said, is that there's a belief that Donald Trump's economic policies or his administration's economic policies are going to see an increase in inflation. Uh, we've, we've not seen inflation much higher than 2% in any given year, and that was one of the talking points of the election is that the economy has recovered, it's just not recovering fast enough, and we're not seeing typically uh, strong growth year in and year out. Well, with the theory is, is that Donald Trump is going to do that. He's now going to kind of supercharge the economy. Whether that happens or not, that's still uh, to be seen, but he's going to supercharge the economy, and we're going to start to see inflation go up. Now, inflation at 2 or 3% is a good thing for an economy. But it's a bad thing if you own these types of fixed interest type of investments. So that's really the first reason is the possible uptick in inflation. And the other reason is, is that the stock market is going up as well. So people are selling their bonds and their bond-like instruments, and they're moving to the stock market uh, for the perceived reward of, of taking the risk. And that's also driven the price of these financial instruments down. Now, where do we go from here is the big question. And it's tough to say. I would be surprised. Now, we, we base interest rates, particularly long-term interest rates, off of the 10-year government, U.S. government treasury, which at one point during the summer was down as low as 1.59%. Now we're hovering around 2.2%. 2 
And that's gone up about 35 basis points in the last couple of weeks. Or, excuse me, last week. So, but let's take a look at our U.S. government treasury in compared to the rest of the world's 10-year government treasuries. Again, our U.S. government treasury, 10-year, 2.2. Let's look at Europe. Right now, there's only two countries in Europe who have higher 10-year government treasury yields than the United States, Portugal and Greece. For example, Spain has a 10-year government treasury yield under one. We have Switzerland. (laughs) You want to invest in a Swiss 10-year government treasury, you actually have to pay them a quarter percent a year. Imagine investing in a 10-year government treasury and losing a quarter percent every single year. So, but Jordan, let me ask you a question. Which is a safer country, Spain or the United States? You think the United States would be more safe? The United States, right. So if you're another country like China or India or one of these countries and you want to park your money somewhere, where are you going to go? You're going to go to the safest country that's actually paying more? Or are you going to go to a less safer country like Spain and make less? So that's a quirky, very quirky dynamic we have right now where we have European, for example, European countries that are not as safe as the United States actually paying less on their financial instruments, on their, on their 10-year treasuries. So, so just going to continue on, we've, we've had negative rates in Europe for quite a while now, while the U.S. rates have been rising. We've got the Federal Reserve as part of the mix. Do you think they'd be raising rates even further come their December meeting? Well, we're... The market is priced in, and they are expecting the 10-year Treasury to go up a quarter percent in December. I do think now here's, I think, another reason why we're seeing interest rates kind of spike up a little bit. Uh, Janet Yellen and three or four of her top lieutenants, I don't know what the name would be, their contracts are up in February, or their appointments are up in February. Now, will Donald Trump replace them? I don't know. But will he replace them with somebody who is a little more liberal with their increase in, in, in the interest rate yield? That's possible. So more so than looking at the yield in December, which I think are already priced into the market, I think what we're now looking towards is, is Janet Yellen and some of her very top lieutenants going to be replaced uh, come the next appointment. And I don't know the politics of it, where, well, how that would look, but, uh, you know, will Donald Trump, because he has not said very, nice, very many nice things about Janet Yellen, so will he replace her in February? That's, that's another topic of conversation. So in this environment where you have rising interest rates, does it make more sense to do individual bonds, which are going to mature at some point, as opposed to bond funds or ETFs or things where there's a, they never mature because it's an ongoing uh, changing portfolio? Correct. We would certainly advise, and we only advise in individual bonds. Uh, the only time I would advise in a bond fund or, or an instrument like that would be an investor that has just a little bit of money they want to invest in bonds um, in order to get the diversification. But if you have enough money of investable assets and bonds are your cup of tea, so to speak, then the individual route is the route to go simply because of the maturities and the fact that if things do go poorly and the values do drop, the, the investor or the client can then hold that till the maturity date and then recoup all of their principal. Tell me a little bit about Scranton Financial Group. What is the minimum investment you typically will take for somebody who wants to do an individual bond portfolio? Typically, two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand. And the reason being 
is we, we want to diversify you. And if, if for you know twenty or thirty thousand dollars, for example, you only might have one or two holdings, maybe three at most. So in order for us to get a full portfolio of, of diversified bonds and bond-like instruments, uh, which include things like preferreds, we use a lot of preferred stock, which is a bond-like instrument, um, the portfolio would have to be in the two hundred to 250000 range. And if it's less than that, you would put them into funds is basically what you're saying. Well, we no, if it was less than that, we would let them know that we are going to either going to have them less diversified, less holdings, and I would say once you got down less than thirty thousand below that, then you then you're in fund range. I think above thirty to forty thousand, we'd still try to get you individual holdings. You would just have much much fewer of them. So your website is ScrantonFinancialGroup.com. What are some of the things people can find at that website? Well, unfortunately, not much. Websites are uh, only as good as, as the time uh, you put them together. Uh, so it's really just very generic and basic information of our group, which is ever-changing. And we would rather, uh, you know, spend our efforts and times. Uh, you know, my partner, David, wrote a book, uh, for example, that's actually an Amazon.com bestseller uh, as we speak on retirement and income planning or investment planning. So we do spend our efforts in other places. Our website, unfortunately, is pretty, uh, pretty generic in that regard. So if someone is interested in more details, I'd certainly encourage them to reach out to us via phone. And you deal with clients all over the country, is that correct? Correct. Correct, yes. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest for this half hour is Jason Carrier. He is a managing partner at Scranton Financial Group based in Westbrook, Connecticut. Uh, their website is scrantonfinancialgroup.com. We'll be back after this. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
They say you can't change the weather, but we already have. And if we've changed it for the worse, let's change it for the better. Tune in to The Climate Opportunity, a two-hour special hosted by Beth Green and Dr. Grant Dean. Expert guests, Professor Scott Denning, Chef Laura Steck, video journalist Peter Sinclair, and Kelsey Wirth of Women Out Front will share how we can improve our lives while improving our weather. Listen on Inside Out Radio, Tuesday, November 11th, starting at 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Presented by Inside Out Radio and Voice America. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest for this half hour is Jason Carrier. He's the managing partner at Scranton Financial Group based in Westbrook, Connecticut. Their website, scrantonfinancialgroup.com. Welcome back to the show, Jason. Thank you. So we were talking about some specific areas to earn higher yields without that much more risk, and one of the ones you talked about is preferred, preferred stocks. So maybe just do a brief definition of what preferreds are and how you could find good ones as opposed to bad preferreds. <laughs> sure. Well, preferreds t- uh, technically are a class of stock, but they act and look just like a bond. So when you see a preferred, so uh, you buy a preferred like you would a stock, but when you see price fluctuations, it typically is fluctuating with the prices of bonds. So things that will affect the price of a preferred will be interest rates and default risk, a company potentially going out of business would cause a preferred to drop in value. Versus a stock, you have all kinds of factors that would cause a stock to drop in value, mostly adhering to profitability. I hate to say it, but preferreds don't really care about the profitability of the company. And I'll give you a quick example. J.P. Morgan, about four or five years ago, had a rogue or or a a trader in London who was cooking the books. It came out one day that uh, this was going to cost J.P. Morgan approximately a $2 billion loss. Well, there's a J.P. Morgan common stock, and there's also a preferred. So I was happy, and I just pulled them up and was watching them. The common stock was dropping significantly in value because this was a potential loss to J.P. Morgan's profitability. The preferred actually went up in value because the fact that there was going to be a, a loss on the uh, uh, profits, that's not going to affect the viability of J.P. Morgan. No one was afraid J.P. Morgan was going to go out of business. So that's no. just a real quick, quick example of the differences between a preferred and a bond, a preferred and, what, and a common what, stock. What kind of yields are available today on high-quality preferreds? You're probably looking at five and three quarters to six and a quarter percent range um, on, a, on a good quality preferred. And what are some industries uh, that you like preferreds that are going to get roughly six percent? Well, you're, you're limited in industry. And uh, so mostly uh, there are a lot of financial preferreds. There's a lot of banks, Bank of America's, J.P. Morgan's, companies like that. Uh, you're rarely going to see good, solid companies. You're rarely going to see an Apple or um, a company like that in a preferred because they simply don't need to generate cash to generate a 6% dividend. So you'll see a lot of financials. You'll see a lot of real estate companies. Um, are the ones that, are, that, that could easily generate that, that kind of return. So why is it that financial companies and real estate companies 
want to raise capital by preferreds as opposed to common shares or bonds? Well, because bonds have a, a definitive maturity date. And if you were to invest in a bond, you kn- the company knows at some point they're going to have to mature it. And let me give an example. Imagine a bond that had to be matured in, in 2009. That's not a great time for a company to be repaying all of its bondholders a large sum of money, a balloon payment of capital. Preferreds have a, do have a maturity event, but it's a very flexible open-ended maturity event called a call date. So the company can dictate when they mature their preferred or their bond when it comes to, when it comes to preferreds. So that would be the difference. Pay higher yield uh, than a bond, but have the flexibility of knowing when and how you want to mature it. Oh, okay. Another area you recommend for people wanting yields is what's called BDCs or business development companies. Uh, maybe describe what those are and what are some of the industries or how do you find good BDCs? Yeah. Uh, the old term for a BDC is a uh, private equity firm. And we're lo- we look at mid-level. We look at companies that have high cash, so they're the companies that can pay out the dividend. Uh, BDCs are not a large percentage of our portfolios. Right now, they're under five. Uh, they've never really been higher than 12 or 15% of our portfolios because BDCs are stock. But they're very high dividend-paying stock. And you're looking at dividend yields of anywhere from 8 to maybe as high as 12%. Uh, so again, we're looking for mid-level companies, companies with a lot of cash on the books, knowing that they're going to continue to be able to pay those dividends. Now, basically, they're lending money to medium-sized companies that can't get loans from banks. That's what they're basically doing. Is that correct? Exactly correct. Um, but that, I mean, I've heard in some cases they're lending in a very concentrated way, particularly, for example, to the oil and gas business that was needing to borrow a lot to do a lot of drilling, that 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 could be a real problem if they have a concentrated lending portfolio. Is that something you look for? We do, and we certainly and recently have become concerned, and again, we've dropped our positions because of these concerns. And again, we're probably in most cases under 5% uh, BDC holdings. Uh, and again, it's never, even in the good times, never been higher than 12 or 15. Another area you like are real estate investment trust REITs. There's a bunch of different REITs. There's equity REITs, there's mortgage REITs. Is office REITs. What are some of the REITs that you like in today's environment? Well, we, we've been lucky in staying in places like healthcare. Uh, so we're looking at tangible properties where the, the properties are being rented out. Uh, there are two types of REITs. There's private and public. So we're staying away from privately traded REITs because they are illiquid. We look at publicly traded REITs, which are almost trade like stock. And just like the BDCs, again, we have concerns now about them. If interest rates are going up, that means mortgage rates are going up, and that leads to possibility of, pro- of, of property values decreasing in value. So we have a little bit of a concern with them. We've lowered our valuation of them. They're less in our portfolios, but we certainly like them in the past and still a little bit now because of the dividends. You are taking on more risk, but you're typically going to get anywhere from a 7 to 8% dividend on these ty- uh, t- types of financial instruments. And your favorites would be the healthcare REITs, is that right? Correct. And another area you recommend are annuities. Uh, do you like fixed or variable annuities? What kind of annuities do you typically recommend? Fixed annuities fit into um, our philosophy. And think of a fixed annuity as an insurance company's version of a bank CD. Um, 
insurance companies, unlike banks, aren't, aren't sort of tied to the in- low interest rate environment market. So you might get an extra 1% to 1.5% on an equivalent duration fixed annuity. Um, but uh, that's, that's certainly for, for those investors that are not looking to take on any risk, uh, looking to generate a little bit better returns than a, than a bank CD, then the fixed annuity route might be the route to go. Does it worry you that there are surrender charges and not a lot of liquidity with fixed annuities? Well, certainly that's a possibility for every. Yeah, that's a possibility with any investment. There are there are back end charges on bank CDs. So of, of course, you, you if if someone's interested in something like a fixed annuity because of the quote unquote illiquidity of it, uh, we're not going to put all your fun, you know all your eggs into that basket. And again, it's a niche. It's someone who's looking for that safety, looking for better returns than a bank CD, doesn't need access to all of the capital at any given time. Um, it could be an option. So we have about two minutes left. And summing up, what is your philosophy in this environment now? We have rising interest rates and possibly rising inflation for somebody who wants to earn income from their, their portfolio instead of earning zero in cash. Sure. Well, if you do go the route of this type of financial instruments that we specialize in here, uh, be tactical about it. Don't be uh, passive. Don't get into a ten, and don't get into a ten or a twenty and twenty year bond ladder uh, and just buy and hold because you are going to see capital depreciation when interest rates go up. So be tactical. Look for opportunities to increase your yields. And simply put, that happens. If you have, a, again, I'll use the example I used earlier, a bond paying five and a brand new one comes available paying five and a half with everything else being equal, that's an easy trade-off. And now you have a higher paying financial instrument that's doing two things. It's paying you more money. At the same time, it's sort of insulating you to the interest rate increase that's coming. Simply put, a bond paying five and a half is, less re- is more resilient than a bond paying five when interest rates start yeah. to go up. So again, be oh, more yeah. tactical. Don't be more buy and hold with these types of financial instruments. And uh, but these are the only financial instruments that you have available to you. So, uh, you know, that would, I guess that would be the, uh, the, the quick summary of my recommendation. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this half hour has been Jason Carrier. He's the managing partner at Scranton Financial Group. His website is Scranton Financial Group, based in Westbrook, Connecticut. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Jason. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, and we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.